Everybody awake? Wow. Uh, that was quite a week of VBS. I need one of these things to put all these things. Um, it's so amazing every time that VBS happens. It starts off and everybody's all rigid and kind of grumpy. And then by the end, they're all screaming how um, amazing Jesus' love is for us. And I, I, I brought back to all the years that I was dragged to VBS. And there's actually, uh, there's nothing more true. Jesus' love is one of a kind. We are always on his mind. No one, no one could love us more. No one could love us more than, than God. That's incredible. I don't know. I just love that stuff. Uh, this is actually our three-year anniversary of this contemporary worship service. Three years ago, we gathered in this room. It was like 400 degrees. Uh, and we started interviewing worship leaders. And it's just so exciting. I just wanted to pause and praise God. God's moving. God's doing stuff. He's bringing stuff. He's, he's making me more alive. He's bringing more life to all these people. I, I'm just really glad you're here. And I'm really uh, grateful to God for his consistency. Whew. Okay, sorry about that spitting. We can open some Bibles. Is there Bibles around here? There's Bibles in the back. If you don't own a Bible, I encourage you to take one of these. I'm tired of them being here. Like, it's crazy. It's free. Did you hear me? Free. Danny, free. You hear that? I'd take one. I'm taking, this is my sixth one. No, I'm just playing. We're opening up the Galatians uh, chapter 5, and we're on page 249 in these black Bibles. It's also in your bulletin. It'll also be up here on the screen. And uh, just to give you some background, uh, Paul is writing this letter to Galatia. And one of the major things he's talking about is, uh, do you have to follow rules? Do you have to convert to Judaism and then become a Christian? Or can you just come to Christ and through faith be made righteous? And that's where he ends on. He lands on, it's not about doing the right thing. It's not being in the right place. I love children. Don't you love children? They're so awesome. I mean, but uh, it's funny because everybody's watching all these kids. And they're like, yeah, that's, they are way cooler than me. I'm going to look at that. Uh, but the grace. Hey, glad you're back. Everybody's finding their parents. Some of these may maybe not be in this room because there's some people over in traditional. So everybody found everybody they're looking for? No, I still. All right, back to Galatians. Everybody here? Okay, good job. Kumbaya. Paul's talking to these people of Galatia, and he's saying, no, no. It's not about doing the right stuff. It's actually not about being at the right place at the right time either. It's all about receiving. It's all about knowing that you are loved greater than any other love by God the Father through Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. And then he lays out some practical stuff. He says, this is how you're going to live. And then he says, if you, if you get caught up in the world's rat race, 
this is the kind of stuff that you'll, this is the kind of stuff that you'll produce. And he says these horrible things, you know, you're going to, you're going to be producing idolatry, sorcery, fornication, impurity, lasciviousness. I don't even know what that means. Flesh are obvious, strife, jealous, anger, quarrels, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, carousing. If you fall into the world's rat race and you start trying to earn your salvation, you start trying to work your way to God, you're going to fall into this and this is the kind of works that's going to come out. But if you sit for just one second and realize you're loved by God through Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit, you're going to start bearing fruit. And this stuff's going to start pouring out of you. And you're not going to do these things in response to God's goodness. You're actually going to do these things because they are true life. These fruit of the Spirit, this is what we were designed to be like. When God was thinking up, this is what Amy Musser should look like. This is what Jason Griffith should look like. This is what Steve Silk should look like. This is what he was thinking. And then the fall came and we all went wrong directions. And then he comes back and he sends, he says, hey man, I love you. I'm going to send my son to die for you and bring you back, bring you back together and understand as, a, as my church, as my community, I'm going to start making you fire on all five, five cylinders or set 12 cylinders. I love those Jaguars with the 12 cylinders. My grandfather had one, actually my grandfather-in-law. And it's so cool because they had the starter motor that started the starter motor. You remember, you remember those things? The whole place starts rumbling. When we start firing on all cylinders, we're like a 12-cylinder jag. Those things, you step on the gas, you don't move for a while because the tires just keep spinning. Boom! I love that. That's a picture of the church. That's a picture of us designing. We start filled with the Spirit. We start saying, yes, I want to be what you designed me to be, Lord. Holy Spirit starts flowing through us. And we first, by contrast, this is in verse 22. In contrast to what the world has to offer, if we start saying yes to the Spirit, by contrast, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, Patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against such things. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us be guided by the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, competing against one another, envying one another. I want to focus on that verse 26. uh, No, actually 25. Before I start talking about kindness. Because this morning we're going to start talking about kindness. We're we're just, we're sinking our teeth in. Every week over the summer, 10 at 10. We've done joy, we've done love, we've done joy, we've done peace, we've done patience. And now we're at kindness. And in verse 25, you get a hint that Paul, Dallas Willard says this really well. He re-says this really well. He says, grace is opposed to earning. Grace is not opposed to effort. Grace is opposed to earning. Grace is not opposed to effort. And what he means by that is in standing and receiving grace of God, 
you miss the point if you start thinking, I'm going to do this checklist and I'm going to earn my way. I'm going to make myself so cool looking that God's like, yeah, you got to go into heaven. You got to hang out with me for eternity. That's wrong thinking. Grace, when properly understood, we sit and receive it. And there's effort. There's effort born out of it. Dallas Willard also in this, in this book, and let's swing back around to, to kindness. But in his book, Divine Conspiracy, a book that changed my life, by the way. And if you don't read anything other than like uh, trashy novels and newspapers and junk, I recommend start reading some Christian literature. Start reading some stuff that there's been people that have lived this life before us that have walked their whole lives getting closer and closer to Christ and they've written down some of the stuff they've learned. And Divine Conspiracy is one of those ones, I read it every couple years just because it reminds me what a follower of Jesus who really thinks looks like. Because Dallas Willard, he was the head of the philosophy department at USC and a really brilliant guy. He just died this last year. We're greatly going to be missed. He's, he's just an amazing guy. But this divine conspiracy, it, this book is all about how if you follow Jesus, you get heaven into you. And it's not about getting into heaven. It's about getting heaven into you. And then he starts talking and he says, he's, 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 he goes to base level and he says, everybody doesn't really understand the word belief. Everybody in here, and me included, we don't really understand the, belief, the, the word belief. We say we believe things, but we act totally different. And that's not what belief is. You say, I believe in Jesus. And then you never at church. I believe it, that the uh, San Marino Community Church is a cool place to hang out and be friends with. But you don't talk to anybody, any, anybody outside of Sunday. Uh, you, we say we believe all these things, and this was super convicting to me because I was—I remember thinking I was a college kid, and I was like, "Man, this is just—it's mind blowing to me." Because you—it's really—and he, he cuts through the, cuts it like a knife. He says, "Sit down and look at your week, and by your actions, what do you believe?" And it scared me. Because I was believing that buying more things was going to make me happy. I was believing that uh, rollerblading on the weekend was heaven. I don't know. (laughs) You could throw that one away. (laughs) I was believing that it didn't matter what what came out of my mouth. I was believing that other people were more important to, than, than my girlfriend at the time, Malia, when we ended up getting married. I was, I was believing all these things, and it's a, it's a reality check. What are you believing? Are you really believing this stuff? And if so, it's automatically linked to your actions. You believe that chair will hold your weight. I know you believe that because you're sitting in the chair. They're linked. 
We say we have a bunch of Christians that are walking around. I believe that Jesus is Lord. And then they walk out of this room and their boss is their Lord. Their president is their Lord. Their, their billfold is their Lord. Their, their friends are their Lord. They submit to everything but Jesus. And I, Paul, is. that's what all of Galatians is about. And he's rolling into this and he's saying, okay, if you believe this stuff, have you ever seen the movie Inception? I love that movie because that's just crazy cool visual. But you remember he's trying to, ch- in this movie Inception, Leonardo DiCaprio is trying to change this one guy's idea at the core of his being. And he has to go through these different levels. He's falling asleep and there's bathtubs involved for some reason. But he's going through. Paul is doing that same thing. And he's saying, do you know what? Jesus really does love you. Jesus really did die for you. The Holy Spirit has really fallen on you. If you say yes to the Lord, that means God the Father has shown up on the scene and the Holy Spirit is living inside you. You say yes to that and that's what happens. And he says, this is reality. God has done inception on you and he's gone into the middle of you and he's trying to get at, if you change your real beliefs, you change your course, you change your ideas, there's going to be actions that come out that will surprise you. And they will blow your mind. And he says, when I first go in there, I go in and I say, you're loved. The fruit of the spirit, first fruit of the spirit is love. You are loved. You are adored. You are, you are thought about day and night by God the Father. He knows how many hairs are on your head. He knows how many times you're going to blink today. Why? I don't care. He wants to know you and he loves you. And then you get... Peace. It's the only place you get peace. Holy smokes. It's the only place you get peace. Everybody else is running this rat race. God comes in the middle of your heart and he can give you peace in the middle of the craziest storm. My mom died 10 years ago. Cancer. No way I should be feeling peace. But I remember sitting in New Jersey because I was living in New Jersey at the time. And I remember snow being on the ground and I remember the wood floors. And I remember thinking, it's going to be okay. God's still with me. I got peace. And then you get joy. And I talked about that the last time I was up here. And then these are all internal things. He's changing like, he's changing like your heart stuff. And then he changes your will. He starts changing your external. You start receiving the spirit. And first you get love, you get joy, you get peace. And then you start, you start to act outward. You start to be patient towards people. Even if you're on the five. That's crazy. And then this today, you start to become kind. You start to become kind. A great litmus test. Or a great litmus test of a church is how kind the people are. This church is extremely kind. And I want to first and foremost say, thank you for your kindness. The Griffiths family went through the biggest storm you could possibly imagine. And this church acted more kindly than any other worldly organization could possibly act. 
That was the first time I met Steve Silk. I'd never met the guy. This, I'll tell you this crazy story. This crazy storm hits my, my family. We move. Greg Forgat sits down and says, pick out three places. Our church will move you there. Jane Parsons gets us in a car and starts driving us around, showing us all these houses. We pick out this one. It's our dream house. It's amazing. Greg Forgatch says to my wife, I want the goal of this move to be different than any other move that's ever been. I want you at five o'clock in the evening to be sitting on your couch in your new home, drinking a glass of wine. He did it. How he did it, I'd never seen it move like this. All these strangers. Have you ever seen the movie Fight Club? There's a scene in it where the guy walks into the house and all these people he's never met are just doing stuff around this house. That's the way it was. I never met Steve. He was in my bedroom, packing up his, my bedroom, and he was putting it in his car. And then there was somebody else doing the bathroom. There was someone else doing the kitchen. And we couldn't move into the new place until 2 in the afternoon. Isn't that crazy? People show up at 6 in the morning. And they say, you, you get Griffiths' bathroom. You pull all of Griffiths' bathroom, you put it in your truck, you drive around with it all day. And you meet back at Griffiths' new place and you unpack the bathroom. Crazy. That was the first time I met Julie Barber. I'm like, holy cow, that girl's haircut's awesome. Anyway, Julie Barber comes in and she's, she's, every time I, I reach for the red hot pepper, I think of Julie Barber because she freaking put it there. That's amazing. That's kindness. And this is a place that should be commended, but I want to remind us. The day we stop being kind is the day we stop losing, is the, is the day we start losing our cred, our credibility. I remember I was in college, and one of my best friends was in this Christian rock band, and his younger sister did not come to church, did not like God. And I remember her sitting me. I said, why don't you come to church? And she said, Christians are jerks. And she meant it. Christians are jerks. So many people come into this place and come into churches all around the country, all around the world, and they experience jerkiness. And that's not of God. That's not of the Spirit. We need to plug back into God, first and foremost. Take one of these Bibles and start reading about this God that loves you. Do it until you start to be kind. Overcorrect. So the first thing is, I want you to plug in. I want you to plug into God. There's no way that you, there's no way I can be kind to people on the five freeway without God's miraculous help. There's really no way. Because have you seen those people? Anyway. But you plug into God and he, God does it. God does it through you. And then you overcorrect. The other day, uh, I was supposed to be in charge of feeding the kids. You know, I was in charge of feeding the kids. And I did the lazy thing. I was like, every, I, 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 I passed the point of no return. You know what I mean? You're hungry, so hungry that there's no way you could fix food. You know, like you're going to yell at somebody. You're going to scream at somebody. 
So I was like, everybody on the bike, we're going to ride our bikes to El Pollo Loco, and we're going to get bean and cheese burritos. So I got on the bike, and I went there. And then I, I came back. Malia came, and she said, I'd fixed all this dinner for these kids. What did you do? And I said, I went to El Pollo Loco, and I didn't fix the stuff that you fixed. And she goes, did you get me anything? And then she said, have I ever gotten the kids food without getting you any food? And I was like, dude, I don't think so. I don't think that's right. So that's extreme jerkiness, right? The next day, in-laws are in town. The in-laws have treated us to lunch. And there's tons of food at the house. Didn't matter. I went by El Pollo Loco and I got like eight bean and cheese burritos. And I said, just throw them away. I'm overcorrecting. I am so sorry. I love you. Overcorrect. And there's a lot of people that you've made mad in your path. Same with me. There's a lot of times we've been unkind. That's why AA, step eight. Make amends. Overcorrect. This week, think about some people you've stepped on their toes and you've been unkind. Remember that you are the face of Jesus the Christ to that person. The church should be super, super good at saying sorry. I am so sorry. I am so sorry I acted like that. I am so sorry, even if it's 10, 20 years ago. I ran into this old high school buddy and I treated him like trash. I remember that. And I remember running into him. I was like, this is such an awesome opportunity to say I'm sorry. And I did it. And I remember just there was this weight somewhere inside me. Maybe in my right foot towards the right. Like towards the right toe. And it just lifted. It just left. And it had been there for probably 20 years. It's so freeing to go back and oh, and that's why this title. Rewind. Be kind. Overcorrect. Um, remember, it's not about earning. We're not being kind. And Paul just reiterates this over and over. And that's why I want to close my sermon with this. He, he reiterates it over and over. It's not about earning. You're not kind so that God would love you. You're kind so that you might live. You're kind so that you might experience God's kindness cruising through you. And there's like this supernatural amazingness. We're going to roll. We're going to move into the, the ultimate exclamation point of kindness. This is God's kindness for you and me. This is God saying I love you more than you'll ever, ever know. It's by sending his son. And we're going to pre- prepare our hearts for the table by, by saying the Lord's Prayer together. And um, I'd love us all to stand just for this section.
done. And we're going to pre- prepare our hearts for the table by, by saying the Lord's Prayer together. And um, I'd love us all to stand just for this section. <clears throat>